one of the biggest things I think to bring up, and I would do a disservice if I didn't bring this up, is all about moderation. Uh, you know, with with these shoes, you know, I, I think in the beginning, uh, it's something that you kind of sprinkle into your training and use the shoe like a, a couple times a week. Uh, maybe not, you know, something that you go out and, and just train in exclusively right from the beginning, like. Uh, one of the listeners who did that and kind of felt pain right away. It's something you really kind of have to slowly kind of add into your kind of training. So here's the question. How do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Woodbridge Running Company, which is Connecticut's premier running specialty store, locally owned and staffed by experienced runners. Woodbridge Running Company is my running shoe store I use every time I need a new pair of shoes. What I love about them is their philosophy is to help you, the customer, choose the right shoe for your needs and desires. This is their number one goal. They pride themselves on being open-minded to different trends and ideas about running shoe technology. They offer a wide range of shoe types to accommodate many different types of runners and many different types of feet. They take the time to ask you questions that are important in helping you choose your footwear. They believe that there is not one correct answer when it comes to footwear choices. They have helped fit thousands of runners over the years and have watched them train happily, consistently, and successfully. Head over to woodbridgerunningcompany.com to find out more about how they can help you find the right shoe for you and your running. Make sure you listen to the full episode because Woodridge Running Company has a special gift for you. So listen to the episode and find out how you can get in on the contest. Check out the show notes below to click the link and be in it to win it. Without further ado, let's get to this episode with Matt Santillo from Woodridge Running Company on 2021 Running Shoe Trends. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to episode 65 on the Healthy Runner podcast. And we are live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group talking with my running guy, Matt Santillo from Woodbridge Running Company. Uh, this is actually Matt's second time on the show as he came on almost a year ago now and really educated us all about running shoe questions um, that you had, that the listeners had in episode 14. We talked about how much wear or life can you expect from your running shoes? How do you know if you need new shoes? And we even talked about if you can put your running shoes in the wash to clean them. So if you missed that episode, then scroll back on the podcast and have a listen. We had a great conversation and I knew that I would have to have Matt back on the show again in the future because he is a wealth of knowledge. Like I said, he is my go-to resource when I get my new running shoes. And I was just in there a couple of weeks ago and he helped me out. So Matt, welcome back on the show. Hey, Dwayne, how are you doing? Very good. I am super excited about this. I am happy 
to share your knowledge with our Healthy Runner community. And really what we're going to be getting into, guys, in this episode is we're going to talk about the latest trends in running shoes in 2021. So Matt is going to answer some common questions like, what happened to the barefoot running uh, movement and shoes? We're going to talk about what are the benefits in running in minimalist shoes? What is up with the carbon fiber plates in running shoes? And what are carbon plate running shoes? Uh, we'll also get into if carbon plate running shoes are worth the investment. So for those of you who are here on the live within Facebook in our Healthy Runner Facebook community, can you guys do me a favor and just type in live into the comment box? And if you're catching the replay, let us know you caught the replay by typing in replay into the comment box. So guys, for those of you who are here, I do have a super special gift just for you. And if you stick around to the end of tonight's training, then we're going to get into how you can possibly, possibly, perhaps get a free new pair of running shoes. So stick around to hear about the details and how you can enter into this contest. So Matt, the first question we ask all our guests on the show is we get started with a little dynamic warm up. So tell us for those who haven't listened to episode 14, where are you from and what do you do? Sure. Uh, Dwayne, my name is uh, Matt Santillo. Uh, I uh, work at the a manager at the Woodbridge Running Company. Uh, I've been at the store about uh, 10 years now. Uh, and, uh, one of the great things about the store is that I'm a huge runner. So, uh, it's, it's basically, uh, you know, it's a dream job for me. Uh, I'm like to, uh, be around running shoes and be around people who, you know, either have a, a wealth of experience of running even, or even new runners, because it's kind of nice to kind of help them, uh, get on their path to, uh, starting, a, a tr uh, you know, an activity that is, I think, fun for pretty much can be fun for anybody. And, it, and it's, you know, you could be any kind of, uh, you know, athlete level and uh, really enjoy it. Yeah. And it is a pretty much low barrier, right. To entry, to be able to run and be able to exercise. You definitely don't need to be, you know, the most coordinated individual, so to speak, you know, like some of the ball sports out there and you don't need a lot of equipment right? You just need a good pair of running shoes. That's it. That's it. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's what I'm looking forward to getting into um, today, but let's catch up with kind of COVID, the pandemic. How has your running been going uh, this past year? Uh, I, you know, I took, uh, I took some time off. Uh, definitely uh, the concerns with lack of motivation uh, as you know, especially we got towards the uh, the fall and the winter months. I think that took a little bit of its toll. But, uh, you know, now that the warmer weather is back out there and I can actually run in, in, in a T-shirt and shorts, you know, you definitely get a little bit more excited. There's always that first day that you are able to break out shorts and you go for a run and, you know, you get a couple of miles into the run. It's like, oh, whoa, slow down. Don't go so fast. But uh, yeah, I, and, and races uh, appear to be on the horizon too. So uh, that's, uh, it's, it's a very exciting time right now. Indeed it is. Yeah, no, the, the weather and yeah, the, just the positive outlook with races coming back uh, is very exciting. And as we, I feel like we've talked about in the last couple of podcast episodes, 
you almost have to hold back, right? And not do too much too soon. As I always say, you got to train smart with proper progression. And so as, as runners, we need to kind of, when that weather is nice, you want to go longer, you want to go faster, but make sure guys, your body is ready to be able to do that. As we go along tonight, uh, Matt has agreed to field any of your questions. So whatever running shoe questions you have, um, I would definitely get them in. Like I said, this is usually a very popular topic. Uh, we always want to know more about running shoes. So Matt is here to answer those questions. So drop them in the comment box. I'm going to try my best to keep up with you guys and get your questions answered uh, by Matt as we go. All right, Matt, let's get into this. So I, I think about when I first started running, it's 10 years now. This is like, I just came up on my run anniversary and I remember 10 years ago. Um, and I, as a PT, I was getting a lot of runners in my clinic, um, who were getting injured because, um, they started this like barefoot running craze. And that seemed like that was all, all the, the rave 10, 15 years ago. Um, what's happened with it? I haven't heard a whole lot about the barefoot uh, running craze and the five finger shoes. What, what's happened to that? Yeah, so that is was definitely uh, a little bit of a fad, at least in terms of the Vibram five fingers. Uh, you know, that was a shoe that that had absolutely no cushioning to it. It was basically just a little bit of kind of like protection for the foot. Uh, you were running on uh, basically like a, a layer of uh, blown rubber, which is what is on the bottom of the running shoe. No, no midsole material at all, at all. And then just basically just a wrapping over the foot just to provide some protection uh, from uh, whatever you might be on in terms of uh, a road and dealing with potentially glass or any of those kinds of things. Uh, in terms of the, the barefoot running uh you know, that still to some degree is, is still around there. It's just, it's, it's, it's done in a little bit of a different way. Now, a lot of, a lot of shoe companies kind of took the, the, you know, the trials and errors of, of the barefoot running movement and, and incorporated it into traditional shoes. Uh, so, you know, within the last 10 to 15 years, there have really been some major, major changes to running shoes. Uh, in terms of, you know, midsole materials, you know, in terms of how uh, shoes are constructed, in terms of heel drop, uh, you know, a lot of different changes in terms of how the, the shoe, you know, covers the foot, you know, different weights of shoes. So to some degree, you know, uh, you're, it's, it's still there. You just kind of have to know what you're looking for. Yeah. So is that what, you would call how these companies kind of pivoted a little bit. Is that what minimalism is all about and kind of the minimal issue, would you say? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, they, you know, they realized, I think that there, there was kind of, a, you know, a, a need for it or a desire that people were kind of looking for something a li little different and, and companies have kind of responded to that in, in, in definitely a wondrous amount of ways. Nice. So what are the benefits to running in minimalist shoes, would you say? So some of the benefits are in terms of, uh, you know, kind of helping to kind of strengthen the legs, uh, you know, uh, generally with a lot of kind of like minimalist shoes, you don't have as much kind of uh, midsole material in between. So you're able to kind of strengthen your, your feet in that regard. You have a little bit better proprioception with the ground. 
so the, the kind of your, your senses of what kind of surface you, you are running on and, and just kind of the topography, that's a, it becomes a little bit better. Uh, you also kind of uh, strengthen your calves a little bit more, uh, mainly due to with minimalist shoes. The main proponent is, has to do with heel drop. And uh, that is you basically are bringing the heel to toes a little bit more kind of almost on a level kind of plane. You're not completely at zero. Uh, you still have a little bit of ramping up just to kind of protect your heel with cushioning. Uh, but yes, that you're going in that direction. Nice. And we actually just talked about that. So in episode 62, Matt, I did um, give a little demo after I did see you. Uh, it was probably like the week after I saw you um, and I updated my shoes. We did some live trainings on kind of Achilles tendonitis. And I mentioned that, you know, a rapid change in the heel drop is one of the biggest causative factors for someone getting Achilles tendon pain and going from like a 10 millimeter to a zero. And I was showing um, my Nikes here that I have with the 10 millimeter uh, drop and then showed my ultras that I have. Um, so for those of you who missed that episode, um, if you type in heel drop training into the comment box, I'll shoot you the replay of that video or just tune in to episode 62. But besides ultras, are there any other shoes out there that would be considered minimalist shoes, Matt? Yes. Surprisingly, if you looked at a, at a Hoka shoe, you would not think that is a minimalist shoe, but that they're basically their whole kind of construction of their company was kind of behind a, like a minimalist movement. But they, they deal with, in, unlike the Fibram Five Fingers, where you have like next to nothing uh, on the shoe, uh, Hoka is all about minimalism with uh, cushioning, with protection. So uh, you have a, a lot of kind of cushioning underfoot, a lot of midsole material, but most of the, all their shoes are about a five millimeter drop or less. Nice. So it, so the minimalism is really referring to almost that heel drop. Correct. Is what you're but, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and with that, with you having a little less, less of a heel drop, you are kind of working on striking more towards your midfoot where, uh, where you basically, that is what you want to be doing in terms of uh, allowing the, your legs to properly kind of absorb the shock. Okay. That makes sense. And yeah, I would totally agree with you on the difference with the heel drop in terms of muscle activation because when I started using my ultras for strength training, I was doing the same exercises. So the same calf raise exercises, the same kind of explosive lunge exercise that I like to do for the glutes and the, the calf muscles. And I felt so much more muscle activation, you know, and I was using my calves a whole lot more just by literally changing my shoes, um, which I thought was like fascinating from like a PT mind standpoint. Um, so I would agree that you actually do feel it more in your muscles and you are getting more muscle activation as well as like your intrinsic foot muscles. So the small little muscles on the bottom of your foot, they're definitely activating a whole lot more um, than they would in a, let's say, traditional uh, type of running shoe. Um, so I, I do see, you know, some of the 
benefits and I've kind of shifted, like we've talked about this in the store when I come in, uh, just to kind of fill you guys in on what Matt and I have talked about uh, throughout the years really is I went from wearing kind of traditional custom foot orthotics and I started my PT career where I did a lot of fittings of custom foot orthotics and kind of was trained in more of a biomechanical model. And if your foot type was a specific foot type where you were over pronated, you had a flatter foot, then what we would do for you is basically correct it and put your foot into a fully corrected position to take away some of that abnormal pronation movement of your foot going down. However, pronation is a normal movement. So there's really two ways to look at that. You can kind of stack the foot up and correct it, or you can think of trying to strengthen the deeper foot muscles in your arch muscles and the surrounding structures, your calf muscle to help withstand the forces that are occurring with two times your body weight when you run on one leg, right? With each step that you take. So I've kind of shifted some of my philosophy over the years and have been gradually kind of weaning myself out of more stability um, shoes with custom foot orthotics and have gotten now into the over-the-counter um, insert. So Matt, actually, why don't we mention that? I know we weren't planning on doing this, but you had recommended to me kind of super feet. Um, so like an over-the-counter insole that you guys have in the store and there are a bunch of different brands. Where do you um, see the benefit in those? And when would you recommend those for the runners um, when they come in the store? Uh, so the, the, the biggest benefit for something like that is definitely kind of giving just a little bit kind of more kind of uh, protection for somebody who might need it, uh, whether they, you know, they're, they're out running and they feel some arch pain or some discomfort, or if they kind of really notice that they really severely pronate. Uh, you know, I, I, I've heard number of stories working at the store where you where people immediately go out and get like a custom orthotic, spend three, four, five hundred dollars on a custom orthotic. They, you know, it's mapped to their foot and it's it's all that. And then they find that they try to wear it and it is like super rigid and it's extremely uncomfortable. Uh, so my thinking is is that you you definitely need to do something, but trying an over-the-counter orthotic first, which you know you know, depending on what company it is, some are going to be a little bit more rigid than others. Some are going to have a little bit of flexibility. It's kind of trying that out first and, and seeing what you think. Uh, but yeah, you know, we do get a lot of people who complain about, uh, you know, plantar fasciitis. Uh, over kind of orthotic can be very helpful in terms of that, just because you just need to have just that little bit, maybe a little bit stiffer kind of foundation underfoot uh, either because maybe you're at a job where you're standing all, all the time or something like that. Uh, and just kind of, cause a lot of times people think, uh, you know, when they go out for a run and their, and their foot is hurting them, they think they hurt it from, from running in it. And sometimes you have to think about, well, what are you doing the other 12 hours during the day? And, and sometimes that can play as big a role as, you know, your running shoe. So I can tell you my father, you know, He's, he's, he has his, his moments of glory as a runner, but, you know, compared to uh, his three sons, he wasn't quite as big a runner, uh, but he came down with plantar fasciitis, just uh, teaching, uh, and it, he had a dress shoe that just got like a real, got really old, 
and didn't change it out and developed plantar fasciitis just because he was standing on it and just the, the shoe softened up on him and uh, didn't provide enough kind of support. So, you know, it can, it can happen to pretty much anybody. Yeah, no, great point. And I like your, your point of it's not the running that causes plantar fasciitis. It's really what is happening to our bodies throughout the day and is your body ready for the demands of running, right? So it doesn't mean if you do have plantar fasciitis that you can't be a quote unquote runner, right? It's just, you have to allow the time for you to gradually train smart with proper progression and kind of allow those forces to kind of be tolerated by your body. So your tissues don't wind up having pain. So great point there. Um, but I am, I do like the over the counter kind of orthotics that I have been using, um, the super feet ones, those have been helpful as I've decrease the stability in my shoes and as well as decreasing the heel drop. And Robin says that, you know, she found this out uh, the hard way last weekend when she went from her a six to a Hoka and was a sudden heel drop from a 10 to a five. And she knew right away during her run, started having pain and she kind of experienced that uh, sudden drop. And I talked about this in episode 62 that when you are dropping guys in the heel drop, remember you want to correlate that with a reduction in the training that you're doing, right? So you can't expect to stay at the same exact training volume or the mileage for that week and, or the same paces that you're running. And then, especially for those of you that are doing speed work, you know, you can't expect to go keep your training exactly the same if you're making that sudden change in heel drop. So like I shared my story of, I did this over the winter. Like I remember it was election day that I was in Woodbridge running company and I was there on election day. And cause I remember I was happy about that. I was voting and then I was getting sneakers that day as well. Um, and it was the winter months that I did this where I was gradually weaning myself down when my mileage was lower and my speed was lower. I wasn't pushing. I wasn't doing hard workouts for a race that was coming up. So just think about that in terms of your training as well, guys. Um, so yeah, feel free. If you guys are just jumping on here, I see we got a bunch of people on. Um, if you have any questions for Matt about running shoes, drop them into the comment box, but Matt, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about, uh, this carbon fiber, plates and what are carbon plate running shoes? I've heard a lot about it. Basically the last six to 12 months, maybe I keep getting emails from all of the shoe companies about their carbon fiber shoes. Um, what is all of this about? If we don't, if we've never heard of this before. Sure. So carbon fiber plates in, sh in running shoes, that's like the latest and the greatest technology. It's, it's mainly all about energy return and about minimizing fatigue. Uh, so pretty much what is going on is that a carbon fiber plate is added to the midsole and you know the higher end shoe those are going to have full uh, carbon fiber plate throughout the entire midsole. And what what is happening there is that it, the, the carbon fiber plate is curved. So what it's it's trying to get you more up onto your toes, uh, in the shoe and allowing, forcing you to kind of really toe off a lot more. So you're on your toes more and towing off. So it is kind of minimizing uh, fatigue, uh, minimizing the stress that you're putting in your calves. So you kind of feel fresher longer and, and feel like you can run longer. So 
Uh, I've been able to try on a pair or two from some of the reps who have been showing off the shoes. And for me, it kind of feels almost like I'm like running on a barrel. Uh, you're up on your toes the whole time and you're just co like constantly at that, trying to keep the barrel spinning. Hmm. Interesting. So it really does. It kind of pushes you forward, huh? Oh, on it's, that... it's extremely forward. Yes. Yep. Wow. So would you say that either one type uh, versus another would respond to it in terms of our heel strike runners versus our midfoot or forefoot runners? Like would one type of um, pattern maybe benefit more or would feel like super weird? Well, I think, I think for somebody who is a heavy heel striker, it, it will feel extremely weird uh, just because you, that you, you know, you, you're, it's going to be feel very strange just because you want to be up. It's going to the shoe is forcing you up on your toes. Somebody who strikes a little bit more midfoot or on the forefoot, it's going to feel natural, uh, but almost maybe to, to the degree that it's really kind of almost leaning you forward to where, you, where you're kind of falling. Uh, but that will feel a little bit more natural to somebody who's a, a midfoot, forefoot striker than than the heel striker. Heel striker, you know, I would think that uh, that a shoe is uh, like that is going to feel. It's going to take a, some getting used to, which. You know, when we're talking about this whole kind of like minimalist or barefoot movement, one of the biggest things I think to bring up, and I would do a disservice if I didn't bring this up, is all about moderation. Uh, you know, with with these shoes, you know, I, I think in the beginning, uh, it's something that you kind of sprinkle into your training and use the shoe like a, a couple times a week. Uh, maybe not, you know, something that you go out and uh, just train in exclusively right from the beginning, like uh, one of the listeners who did that and kind of felt pain right away. It's something you really kind of have to slowly kind of add into your kind of training. Uh, I, I'm a big proponent of running in, in multiple shoes at the same time. Uh, so I kind of pretty much alternate a shoe every, every other run. So I'm not always in the, in the same shoe every, every day of the week. Uh, and I got to say in the, in the beginning, and traditionally what I do when I break in a new shoe, I just go on a very short run with it just to make sure that my legs get used to it. Now, I, unfortunately, first time I wore a Hoka shoe, I was on a vacation and I had to get a long run in. So I did run in it probably about eight or nine miles. I got a little soreness in the calf, but after that it was perfectly fine. But, you know, moderation is, is the biggest key with all of this stuff. And in fact, you know, even going back to, to the barefoot running, uh, the, when we were selling the V-Rooms, we made a point for anybody who was interested in the shoes to tell them that, you know, you know, in reality, what you should be doing with this shoe for the first three to six months is just kind of walking in it just to kind of get used to it. It's you should only really do a little bit of kind of running after you've had the shoe for a couple of months. But being the way that our society is, everybody just wants to, you know, buy it, throw it on and, you know, be able to perform at 100 percent right away. And that, I think, caused to caused a lot of uh, some of the injuries that did happen. Yeah, no, I think that's a great, great point. Uh, moderation is key. And we are definitely an impatient society, right? We always want the the quick fix. Uh, so we have a couple of questions here, Matt. Um, so Ruth is wondering is, do you use the same brand of shoe for each run? 
Uh, I, I could tell you for myself, I do not. Uh, as somebody who, you know, traditionally, I would say before I started working at the Woodbridge Running Company, I, I probably would have. But working at the store, I'm exposed to so many new brands and different brands that I hadn't been exposed to previously that, you know, I, I, I like to, you know, I, a new model of something comes in. It's like, ooh, I want to try that out. I want to see how that feels. I think it's, I think it's all right to, to kind of have, you know, shoes that feel a little bit differently or constructed a little bit differently. Uh, I think it helps kind of minimize the chance of you getting a stress fracture or a stress re reaction in a shoe because, you know, uh, different shoes are going to make you strike a little bit differently. So you're not always hitting in exactly the same spots and in, in, in the same shoe. Uh, so, oh yeah, I, I, uh, I have a wall of shoes and uh, I still have a, a couple, you know, mainly due to COVID, I've got a, a closet with a couple of shoes I still haven't even cracked into yet. I just hadn't been doing enough mileage, but now that the nice weather's here, I can start to, uh, to break them out. Yeah. So, so you can try some different brands is what I'm hearing. Um, and, and really Angela's next question is, do you change the heel drop in each different shoe that you use on a weekly basis? Uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily, it's, it's done intentionally, but yes, I, I have, uh, I think right now I'm running in a Brooks ghost, which is, I think about a 10 millimeter drop. Uh, and then I'm also running in a, uh, a Hoka Challenger uh, that has a, a four or five millimeter drop. And then, you know, once weather gets nice too, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, you start doing uh, speed work and those kinds of things. And then I drop into even uh, lower shoes than that, like a four millimeter or less, uh, just to, uh, I like to kind of have a shoe that almost is somewhat like what I would race in. So that way you kind of get that feeling from that shoe as you're doing your kind of speed work or kind of doing your tempo work. So yeah, I, it, uh, I, would, I would not, it's like I said, it's not done intentionally, it has to do with just kind of trying on different shoes and different things. Uh, and so far it's been, been fine. I haven't had any issues with any calf or any Achilles issue. The only real true Achilles issue I ever had was from a Nike shoe and not that I'm knocking Nike at all, uh, but it was uh, built with a, a Hirachi sock upper. So the, the back of the shoe was very flexible and uh, that I, I need to have a little bit of structure in that heel, in my heel apparently, because it just killed, killed my Achilles. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, Robin's wondering is how, how do you think going to a minimalist styling will affect those who need more stability and that she found that not a lot of brands have kind of the torsion plate technology. I guess she's referring to like that stability kind of web um, that are more of a, maybe a lower heel drop. Are there stability shoes that uh, incorporate some minimalism into them? Uh, yes, there are some, uh, you, you know, Hoka has a couple of options, the Arahi being the, the first shoe that I would think of, but yeah, as you are getting into a little bit of a lighter weight shoe, they're going to, companies have kind of tinkered around with, you know, the, the arch plates that might traditionally be in, in a stability shoe. They, they have thought about removing that, uh, 
you know, a lot of uh, lightweight stability shoes are really kind of, they, they still provide some, some nice support, but yes, they're going to be a little bit more kind of flexible, a little bit less rigid. So there are some options out there. Uh, the, the Brooks, uh, it's actually now, it used to be called the Ravenna. Uh, it's now called the, uh, the Launch GTS. That's a, a nice kind of like lightweight stability shoe. Uh, another one that we got a little while ago, which I, I think is it has proven to be pretty good, is it's called the the Nike React Miler. Uh, it's the basically their latest edition of a stability shoe. Uh, the longtime structure has gone away. There you go. That's it right there. There it is. <laughs> That's the one that I just got. Yeah, because this one is pretty stable. Like when you test it, it's yeah, you know, it doesn't it, move a whole lot. It doesn't. It doesn't have that plastic plate there, which right. You know, yeah, that which really would 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 make it super rigid. Yep. Yeah. So for me, like these are pretty stability. So I wear them to work in, right? So I've been on my feet, you know, most of the day, and these provide that cushioning as well as provide a little bit of stability. And I don't wear kind of my orthotics or anything in those, and those are very comfy. Um, you know, I haven't run in them because again, I'm trying to kind of decrease that heel drop with uh, my running shoes. But you're right that they are a little bit lighter than like a traditional, I would say stability shoe um, that I would have had in the past. And um, Robin also brings up a good point. She's a nurse and she, she loves her dance goes. And I know so many medical professionals, especially in the hospital settings, love their dance goes. Uh, so if you're listening to this and you're a nurse, because I feel like there are a lot of nurses in our community. Um, if you guys wear your dance goes, just type in dance go. Um, but those have a 13 millimeter heel drop. Uh, so she notices a huge difference, you know, especially for you nurses, if you're on your feet all day in a 13 millimeter heel drop, and then you, you're just starting out, let's say running, and then you go to a ultra, like a zero drop or a four millimeter drop, like that's going to be a big difference for your Achilles tendon and the amount of loading. So again, I would kind of echo Matt's point with, uh, really slowly progressing, it may be making sure you're walking around in your zero drop or four millimeter drop and, you know, going shopping and, and walking in them first before you actually try running in those, especially if you're, you know, majority of your time you're spent in a dance go, that's a 13 millimeter drop. Um, so one kind of, I'm sure this is a common question that you get, uh, Matt in the store, Dean wants to know what are the top three, uh, running shoe brands, <laughs> that's a loaded question i'm sure yeah it it uh it is uh because you know it that kind of goes into like another question that i always hear a lot of or at least a lot a statement that i hear a lot is that people will always come in and say uh you know my friend recommended this shoe for me i thought you know or you know i read i got the latest uh runner's world and they had the guide in there and they said that you know like this was a really good option or that was a really good option uh and it's one thing that especially you know you uh you hear uh, people talk about reviews of shoes i'm i i, I kind of stay away from those kinds of things mainly because I, I think running shoes are very individualistic uh, there could be a shoe out there that everybody could love and it could maybe not work for you. Uh, or there could be a shoe out there that everybody hates and it could work perfectly for you. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all about kind of coming into the store, try, you know, 
get have a little bit of a conversation with us find out try let us know what you're thinking about doing with your running goals what you're planning on doing we can kind of guide you towards a couple of shoes you could try a couple things on and and that can kind of you can go from there in, in terms of kind of experiment and try and see a, a couple of different things uh, but in terms of getting back to that question uh, uh brooks i think is our top seller uh hoka might be number two they've come on with a bullet over the last couple of years and then I would probably say either ASICs or New Balance might be number three, either one of those two. Okay. Yeah. And what would you say to someone who was afraid to change from one brand to another? Have you had folks that are kind of, you know, they're set in there and oh, they're, yeah. they're afraid to, yeah, to change. Oh, yeah. So what is your advice? Uh, my, my advice is, you know, to, to, listen to listen to your body i guess you know i think it's all right to kind of have some of those concerns uh because you know especially if you've been running in a shoe uh, like I, I there's a one gentleman who uh you you pick back up that uh, nike react miler uh that is basically was the latest uh that that replaced the nike structure which was a stability shoe of theirs that was around for 20 years uh, and this gentleman had been running in the Nike structure for 20 years. That's, that's all he knew in terms of running, at least for, for quite a long time. And he, you know, of course, was a little disappointed when that shoe was, it looked like it was, it was going away. Uh, and he didn't quite know what to do. Uh, I had told him that at least the the rack miler was there he came in and tried that on we, we had him try a couple of different things i think he started with the rack miler went for like a run or two in that shoe and then they found out ah, it doesn't work and then tried the mizuno and uh, the mizuno inspire and i believe he uh, is using that now perfectly fine uh but i i can fully understand you know some people's kind of concerns uh, but my belief is that there's not exactly just one running company or one running shoe built for you. I, I think you're, uh, everybody's a little bit more flexible than that. Yeah. And uh, Coach Latoya says that she has brand change uh, phobia, uh, that that's her. And Marva says that's her as well. And Dean says that he's been using the uh, Kayanos for uh, nearly 10 years now. So yeah, we, we're kind of structured people, aren't we? We're kind of wired that way as runners. I, I, we don't we don't like a whole lot of change. I, runner, uh, I think they were wired as humans that way. <laughs> um, let's take uh, one more and then we're going to uh, kind of finish off our conversation with uh, carbon plated shoes because I still have a couple of follow up questions. I'm wondering about them. Uh, so Kelly is wondering, hey, Kelly, how are you? Um, should you discard shoes after a certain period of time, even if they're not maxed out on mileage. What is the mileage that you recommend for most uh, runners, by the way? So, so most running shoes and, and granted, as you, as you talk about more minimalist shoes, uh, I, I think those are going to be turned over a little quicker, but I would say on most shoes, you're looking at about like 300 to 500 miles. Uh, you know, at least uh, for somebody who doesn't want to track their mileage, uh, if you're running on a regular basis, we're generally looking at about six months. 
Uh, in terms of after, I think it's perfectly fine to kind of use a shoe to, as like kind of like a, a walk a walk around shoe or a kick around shoe after its running life is uh, is, is expired. I tend to do that with most of my shoes. Uh, you know, there if there's something that's really kind of uh, specific, like a like a very kind of like a racing flat or a very lightweight shoe, you know, those you might not want to kind of wear around as much just because there is a, a minimal amount of cushioning in those shoes. And once you pretty much have beat the running life out of that shoe, it's it, they're they're toast. Uh, but yeah, I I I think for most traditional running shoes, you could kind of use them afterwards if you wanted to. Yeah. So they go into like retirement. They go to, you know, walking around for me, it's my yard work shoe. So that we, become... we do get, we do get a lot of people who do say that, that once they get a new shoe, they're all of a sudden, Oh, this is my lawn mowing shoe now. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just swapped my lawn mowing shoes out the other day, this past go. weekend when I was out in the yard. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was when I was, I was actually hacking up my, uh, my daughter's playscape. So we were demolishing it. It's been up uh -huh. for 12 years. So they are older grown out of it and uh my cousin and i were were taking my mall axe and uh demolishing <laughs> it and so it was it was a fun day um so let's get back to the carbon plated shoes because i know we started talking about those and so i guess it sounds like you've tried them personally you weren't a huge fan is what i'm gathering of because I, I they pushed you all the way to the toes I no, I wouldn't say that. Uh, okay. I've I've only kind of worn them around in the store. I have not actually gotten a pair myself to actually run in. Uh, and I to you know, I was I wouldn't say I was uh, you know totally uncomfortable with being on over you know heavy on my toes. It, to some degree, Hoka does that too. Uh, I've run in the Clifton in a couple of editions, and I definitely I'm a I'm a four foot striker, so uh, you know. I, that kind of roll to the shoe kind of accentuates that. So it gets me up, up on my toes a little bit more, which I think is perfectly, you know, uh, it, it took a little while to get used to, but uh, I, I've gotten used to it. And thank God it didn't, it didn't kind of ruin me from other shoes or uh, because I'm, I'm still able to kind of go to more of a traditional shoe that doesn't kind of force that rolling uh, and, and still feel perfectly fine in it. Uh, one of these days I'll, I'll, I, I think it's, I think it's, uh, my, my father in me, you know, I, can I really spend $200 on a pair of shoes? I, I, I think I have to save up for a while to do something like that. Okay. So that kind of brings me to my next question is, uh, or even before we go there, you know, have you had feedback from runners who have bought them? Are they coming in now for their second pair or their next pair? Have you had much feedback yet on the carbon plate running shoes uh, for those that have bought them? A little bit. Uh, you know, for the most part, we don't really have any carbon fiber plate shoes that we sell in our store. I, I did, the price point has a little something to do with that. We do special order them for customers if, if they would like them. Uh, and I know from a couple of people who I have, I've spoken to, they have, they have enjoyed them. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I, I guess Hoka specific, since you know that my main shoe that I run in is the Hoka Clifton, I did notice that Hoka has like the Clifton edge 
Is that correct? Does that one have the carbon plate? And it doesn't. The Clifton Edge a, does. The Clifton Edge does not. The they have a shoe called the Carbon X that right. Shoe and also the Carbon Rocket. The Carbon Rocket is a little bit more of a race shoe with a carbon fiber plate. The the Carbon X is a little bit more of kind of like a uh, light trainer to kind of daily trainer shoe. So if there was a runner out there, like hypothetically, who ran always in the uh, Hoka Clifton, which one of those carbon shoes would you recommend if they were looking for something for maybe speed work and races? Uh, if you were looking at speed work or races, I would probably guide you towards the carbon, ro the carbon rocket. Okay. That just sounds fast. Oh yeah. Like that, oh, that, yeah. If you tell me I'm running in the rocket, I'm sure I'm going to shave like two minutes off my half marathon race in four weeks. Well, I can, t <laughs> I can tell you it's, this is completely off topic, but I had, uh, we, when I, before I started working at the store, they sold an Adidas racing flat called the rocket. And that was like one of my all time favorite racing flats. I was very yeah. disappointed when I, when they, when it got discontinued. Yeah, that's a great name for a shoe. <laughs> so going to that price point, are most of them pretty much almost near 200? You're generally looking at about uh, maybe there might be some at like 180, but yeah, you're generally looking at about $200 for most of them. Okay. So, so it, can be, it can be a little prohibitive for some people, but uh, you know, uh, if you really want a shoe that kind of really, uh, you want the greatest, the latest technology, you want something that really kind of performs at a very high level, uh, that those would be kind of the shoes to kind of think about. And they haven't in uh, the competitive circuit, either at the collegiate level or even anything above that. Have you heard of any professional associations like banning these types of shoes at all from competition there, or there, no? There, there have been talks on the, uh, on the professional level, at least of maybe not necessarily banning them, but then coming up with some sort of guidelines in terms of how shoes are constructed. Uh, what, for one reason would be that the, one of the Nike shoes, I, I'm not exactly positive which one, uh, it might be the Vaporfly Next Percent. I think it was the shoe that, uh, the gentleman used to run under two hours in the marathon in, uh, that I believe has like two carbon fiber plates in it. So it gives like an extra kind of bonus kind of energy boost to it and, and a spring to it. And I think they, there's some people who think that's taking things just a little bit too far. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense from a uh, performance enhancement uh, standpoint. Um, so guys, I am super, super excited. I'm going to have a special announcement because you guys have been great with your questions tonight. And if you guys are excited for the special announcement uh, from Woodbridge Running Company. Just type in excited into the comment box and I'm gonna see if you guys are ready. If you guys are ready for this announcement. Before we uh, get to the announcement, uh, Matt, if you could change one thing about the misconception of running shoes, what would that be? Uh, well, I, I did bring it up a little bit already, but my kind of biggest misconception would be is, uh, you know, listening to other people, uh, you know, or listening to other kind of other kind of what other people think about shoes. You know, if, if, like I said before, there could be a shoe out there that everybody loves and it might not work for you because of your biomechanics or the way that your foot is shaped. 
So it's just kind of come in with an open mind and, you know, try a couple of things and, uh, and realize that we're, we're all individualistic and uh, not at one shoes isn't going to work for everybody. No, I think that is a great take home message because I think we all want the, the shoe, right? The one that's going to be the difference maker. And I see a lot of runners who, you know, have injuries and are struggling with aches and pains. And I do come into contact with a lot of them that before they even address their injury, they change their shoes like five times and they're trying to self-treat with the shoe. Um, so I think that's a great point. And for those of you who are struggling with kind of stubborn running injuries that are forcing you to stop running, um, if that's the case, like let's chat, let's see if you're a good fit for our brand new spark back high touch coaching program. Uh, this program has been helping runners feel stronger, more confident and faster during their runs and doing it all without pain. So the results have been amazing. Tune in to actually next week's Monday uh, live at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear Rachel's story on how she got stronger and faster with our one-on-one -on -one coaching program. So if you guys want to learn more about that, um, type in Spark Back into the comment box if you're listening on Facebook or just click the link in the show notes if you're listening to this on the podcast and you can book a free 30-minute strategy call with me and we could see if it's a good fit for you. Um, so let's, let's see here. Dean is excited. Joe's excited. Latoya's excited. Billy's excited. Trisha's excited. Marvin, we have a lot of excitement here, Matt. Uh, Cheryl's excited. Ruth is. Janine, Adam, Melanie, Robin. Oh, man, I am just excited because you guys are excited. Okay, guys, so here is the announcement. Um, Chris Dickerson, the owner of Woodridge Running Company, and Matt um, are going to be doing something super special for one lucky Connecticut runner. So if you are local to the Woodbridge, Connecticut area, or you're in the tri-state area and you're not too far away, kind of over the border there in New York, um, and you don't mind taking the trip up, we are giving away one pair of running shoes. So this is like unheard of um, in my mind. And I was blown when Chris kind of offered that out. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> to our healthy runner community. So here is uh, how the contest is going to work here. You need to do two things. The first thing you need to do is really simple. For those of you who are already here on the live, you're going to get step number one done right now. So just comment contest into the comment box on this post uh, in the Healthy Runner Facebook group. So I will mark this training as an announcement post within our Healthy Runner Facebook group. And it will be right at the top when you go to the group. So if you're listening on the podcast or you're listening to us on the Spark Your Training YouTube channel, Make sure you head over to the Healthy Runner Facebook group and comment contest. And then next, um, and then the second thing you need to do is you need to head over to, and actually Coach Latoya is on here. So Coach Latoya, can you guys do me a favor? Because I can't type at the same time. If you can type in the comment box, um, programs.sparkyourtraining.com forward slash free shoes. And those listening on the podcast, I will definitely put that link in the show notes. If you go to that link, that will enter you into the contest. So comment contest on this uh, video here, and then head over to that link, programs.sparkyourtraining.com forward slash free shoes, and you will be entered in. And then next Monday night during our live, I am going to select the one lucky runner 
who will be getting a new pair of running shoes up to $130 value of either the Brooks, Asics, or New Balance um, brands from Woodbridge Running Company. So I love a good contest, and this is one that will help uh, really anyone in our running community because we always can use shoes, right? Oh, yeah. uh, so, so just comment contest below and then be sure to click the link in the show notes and you will be officially entered um, into the contest. And I'm excited to see who will be winning next week. So contests are always fun. So this will be uh, this will be fun for one lucky runner. So for those of you, I just want to kind of recap what Matt covered with us tonight. Uh, this was great. We we really talked about kind of where did the barefoot craze go? Um, is it gone? And it seems like it's really pivoted to more of this minimalist movement and minimalism and minimalist shoes. And we talked about the benefits of minimalist shoes in terms of kind of using more of your muscles and strengthening those muscles. And we really talked about progression and allowing your body to adapt to that. Then we also talked about the carbon fiber plate movement and what is this all about in shoes? And Matt gave us a great description of how to, um, or what these shoes uh, propose they do in terms of energy storage and if they're really worth it uh, to actually purchase at this point in your running. Um, I guess you can make that decision uh, based upon the price point and what your goals are. But I think that was super helpful. Um, I'm sure there are many runners uh, who learned something today, Matt. And honestly, I really thank you for coming on because as you guys can see, Matt is super knowledgeable. If you guys agree with me, just type in Matt into the comment box, give him a little shout out. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy, honestly, to have you as a resource you know, as I mentioned in many different podcast episodes, honestly, Matt, that, you know, you've been very helpful for me. I'm a strong advocate for all of you runners listening to seek out your local running store folks, just like Matt, there is a Matt in your community. I trust me, there is, um, who can help you with these questions and troubleshoot. And I just love going into Woodridge running company and being able to try on the shoes and actually go for a run outside and actually take them for a test drive. Because the you know thing I used to do five, eight years ago was really order them online. And then I would get them and then I would wear them. And I'm like, ew, these don't work at all. And then you gotta like pack them back up, you know, find time to actually go ship them back out. It's like a hassle. So do yourselves a favor, save yourselves like all of the headache of having to do that. And then the delay in like weeks of getting your running <laughs> shoes that you need um, by going to your local running stores and those in Connecticut, you know, I highly recommend uh, Matt and his crew over at Woodridge Running Company. Um, they have other great, great uh, running products as well. Anything. And I got my recovery sandals there. Um, the Ufus, I love those things um, as well as my Hoka uh, recovery slides as well. I love those. Um, so check them out. If people want to uh, learn more about, you know, what you guys do at the store, Matt, how can they get in touch with you guys? Uh, you could contact us through uh, uh, email. Uh, we've got uh, woodrunco at uh, gmail.com, or you could just call the store. Uh, the phone number in uh, the Woodbridge location, that's area code 203-387-8704. Uh, awesome. Thank you very much. And um, those of you guys who learned anything today, if you learned something about minimalist shoes or carbon fiber, plate shoes or 
um, some of the heel drop stuff, uh, just hit that like, hit the love button in Facebook here. And those of you listening on the podcast, if you think this will help uh, another one of your runner friends, just kind of click that link in the podcast and just share it with them. Send them, send them a text and be like, Hey, you might want to check this out. I know you were thinking about uh, changing to uh, zero drop shoes or, you know, listen to this first um, to help them out. Cause we all help each other out and we're all learning and growing on this journey. I learn every single day and I learn from folks like Matt. So we can all help each other out. Uh, thanks again, Matt. This was really fun. I appreciate you taking your time out of your evening away from your family uh, to spend time with our healthy runners. Dwayne, no problem. It was a, it was a blast. And uh, just, just to let everybody know, uh, you know, you could stop, call the store, stop by whenever, you know, whenever, whatever you have kind of questions, that's, that's one of the things that we kind of, uh, everybody who works there are runners. So it's expected that we're going to kind of have to field questions from people and we're more than willing to do it. You know, we really kind of love the sport and, and want to kind of help people, uh, you know, succeed in as much as possible. Absolutely. And we got to stay healthy, right? We got to stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running as you guys know my model. So remember every, every week we go live within the healthy runner Facebook group. So keep us in mind in your schedule. You can always check out the next interview, um, in our events tab. I have all those there. We have some special ones these next couple of weeks at different days, different times have some really great guests. So check those out and come with your questions because you will get them answered. And so thank you again, again, guys. I can't wait to see who the one lucky winner of getting a new pair of running shoes for free is. Make sure you put in for the contest and we'll see you again next week. Take care, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Runner Podcast. Can I please ask you for a couple of favors? Can you subscribe to The Sucker wherever you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever so you never miss another episode. You'll be notified when a new episode drops every Thursday. Can you also please leave me a rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts? What I want you to do is to tell them how awesome you are as a runner and then tell them what you have liked most about the show. I love to hear what you have to say. I read all of them and it means a lot to me. If you haven't seen the video version of this podcast, then head over to youtube.com forward slash spark your training and you can see the video version as well as our full video library of exercises that are specific to your running on the spark your training youtube channel also if you like the content in this podcast then you will like the community even better head over to our healthy runner free facebook group so you can get all the bonus content blog articles and get your questions answered by myself and our team of healthy runner coaches the fifth and final thing I want you to do is that you can help this podcast out by taking a screenshot wherever you're listening, whatever episode, and put it in your stories on Instagram and tag me. That is at Spark Your Training. If you do this, I'll give you a shout out and repost it, sharing your running wins while listening to the podcast. More importantly, we'll be able to share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them stay healthy so they can stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, and tag me in it. You can also find out how I help runners as well as our brand new Healthy Runner Strength Program by visiting our website, sparkyourtraining.com. 
Thank you so much for listening. And I just love our Healthy Runner family. And remember, guys, let's stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time.